With New Zealand hosting the FIFA Women's World Cup, the biggest women's sporting event in the world, all eyes will be on our country and our football ferns. The crowds, the noise, the excitement is building. Today on the podcast, I have the pleasure of interviewing Ferns goalkeeper Vic Essen. Her story is remarkable. Turning professional at 27 years of age, some might say that's a bit of a late start. Vic herself calls her journey a slow burn. Whatever it is, it's a lesson in perseverance and drive, and she joins me now. Thank you for joining me, Vic. Hi, Wendy. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Well, first of all, how is all the preparation and the training going? It's been good so far. Yeah, the the team's been in training for about eight weeks, um, but the European players, so that includes myself, we joined uh, across the last couple of weeks, so I've been back in New Zealand for three weeks now, and enjoying being part of the training program and having a slightly longer build up to this world cup than what we usually have which is usually about five trainings and then we're straight into games so yeah that's pretty nice. quick isn't it yeah absolutely and what's the feeling like in the team pulling on the ferns jersey knowing you're playing to a home crowd it's a big event that must be hugely inspiring yeah, absolutely i think none of us will really um can probably comprehend the feeling until we're out there on the day um so yeah I know it's a uh it's an event which we're all excited about and it's something that we've all dreamed about having a a home world cup and I don't (laughs) to be honest I don't really think that any of us thought New Zealand would be able to host a tournament this grand um so it helps that we can have a share alongside us to be able to to be dual hosts um and bring a tournament at this of the scale to New Zealand really and what's the team spirit like? It's pretty good at the moment. Um, you know, it's been a, a competitive eight weeks, um, obviously, with with people competing for spots. Overall, the, the girls are great, and we're hoping to, to continue building a culture which can lead us to perform um, at the end of the day at the World Cup. Absolutely. Well, let's go back a bit. You made the under-17 football firms team, and then you went on to play in the US in college. Tell us about that. Yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> seems like a long time ago now, and um, I was originally in the under-17 team as an outfielder, so I was one of the <laughs> many goalkeepers kind of start up front, and then they slowly get shifted back, so that's yeah. exactly what happened to me. Um, I, I went from centre back and then landed myself in goal, uh, about a year just under a year out from the under-17s world cup so it was a bit of a fast track uh, goalkeeper development for me and then um and yeah I was lucky enough to play in the under-17 world cup and then get pushed on to the 20s um so yeah that was a, a good time for for my development as a goalkeeper slightly later than than obviously many goalkeepers but that just kind of seems to be the theme with me is doing things late <laughs> um yeah and, and then uh I was part of the under-20s team who went to to Germany to compete in the under-20 World Cup there in 2010. And following that World Cup, um, New Zealand football said there was no resource for me to continue in the high-performance program. So I was left at a bit of a crossroads as a 19-year-old, um, whether I wanted to carry on trying to push myself to be a a football fern or whether my time had kind of come to an end as a elite footballer, um, which is quite a hard decision when you're young um, because obviously in everything I'd known throughout my teenage years had kind of been geared towards um, football and, and trying to develop myself. So 
that's when the opportunity to go to America came up. Um, the Christchurch earthquakes, unfortunately, had just hit, and that's my home. So I thought with everything uh, slowing down in Christchurch, it would be a good opportunity for me to shift overseas and try to continue to pursue my football um, at an elite level. So I'm really grateful for the scholarship program in America because it enabled me to continue to develop my game um, because I was not able to continue doing that in New Zealand at that particular time. Yeah, and you obviously did really well. And it was Texas, wasn't it? Yeah, Texas Tech, which is um, about six hours west of Dallas in a small town called Lubbock. And not many people would have heard of it. (laughs) But it was, and you'd had a great, obviously a great experience and built on what you already knew and for for your football, it really built on your goalkeeping skills. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the college programs are run almost like professional environments. You train every day. The, the season has two games a week. It's tough. Um, I don't think I've run so much uh, than the time I did in the States running and, and spent time in the gym. So, But it, it does build a, a very good foundation for the, what's to come if you make it through to the elite level and the professional level. So, yeah, as I said, I'm really grateful for that opportunity and it enabled me to push on with my football at that level. Right. And then you came back to New Zealand and you got a job as well as continuing to play football. <laughs> yeah, I did. So after college, I um, again thought, OK, where to from here? And I ended up coming back to New Zealand Uh and I, I trialed with the football ferns, but I didn't make it um, into the the team at that point in time. So um, I, yeah, worked uh, <laughs> with the Christchurch earthquake recovery, and that was it was a really difficult job, but it was also a job that I really enjoyed, and I learned a lot of skills. Um, I was a young twenty two year old girl working in a very male dominated industry, um, and that came with its challenges, and it put me in many, many uncomfortable situations in terms of talking to, you know, large groups of men and about topics that they knew more about than me. So yeah, there was an element of um fake it to make it. <laughs> oh yeah, I love that. Yeah. And uh and just trying to to get through um and learn like I just a sponge, just trying to absorb as much as I could. And by the time I was 23, I knew more about diggers than most 23 year old people <laughs> know. So yeah, that was it was it was a yeah a great job for me at the time. And, and I mean, it would have been easy for you to think this is it. Now I'm going to continue with my job. It's a great job. I'm learning a lot. You know what kept you going in football? Yeah, I think I always aspired to be a football fern, and I felt like I wasn't quite finished with football at the elite level. Um, I'm very determined and pretty dedicated when I want to do something. So um, I I never really felt like I'd wanted to close that chapter fully. And um, that's what kept me going. So I, I played club um, level football in Christchurch. And the advice was to join a boys team. So I, I joined a men's team. Um, so you were helping with diggers and you joined a boys football team. Yeah, <laughs> There was a lot of uh, males in my life at that point. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah, so so that was the advice given from um, New Zealand football was to to play in a men's team. And luckily in Christchurch, um, I was able to do that. And as a goalkeeper, 
provided me with the the speed of an elite woman's team um and I didn't exactly have to match them myself being a goalkeeper you know from a technical point of view it, it um I was able to make it work and my teammates were great they stuck up for me when <laughs> cheeky but overall I can't complain the the guys in my team and the boys and the other teams were pretty welcoming and um, I think they most mostly just wanted to see me succeed. So yeah, and then you landed a professional contract. Yeah, yeah. So that was a few years later. I ended up spending a couple of years in Christchurch and then shifting up to Auckland and continuing to work. And again, my work was um, very patient with me, and they let me work from distance. So I just uh, worked on my laptop, and obviously, without that, I would have had to quit the job a lot earlier. So I'm, I'm definitely lucky that my, my job and my boss let me do that. Um, but again, it was like working full-time, training full-time in a development program up here, trying to get myself in a position where I could turn pro. Um, I always wanted to go pro, but it's hard to, to have that first break. Um, and as a Kiwi, we're kind of, as, as a New Zealander with only a New Zealand passport, it is quite hard to play in Europe if you're a low-level player. So um, it was hard for me to get my first contract, but eventually at the age 27, I, <laughs> the ripe age of 27, I uh, landed my first contract in um, Norway and I shifted there in uh, early 2019 amazing amazing and that, and it's just a, it just shows you you know you should keep on persevering for me it's like a, obviously there would have been moments where did you feel like you should give up but this was it yeah yeah definitely there was many times I thought oh it's it this doesn't seem worth it anymore or I'm I'm not enjoying it so for me I kind I've kind of got this personal like mantra where things have to to tip in a, a scale so it has to be like 60% enjoyment rather than 40% enjoyment and if things ever tip past the the 50% in the wrong direction then I know I need to make a change and um you know at times yeah they they did tip and towards the negative side of things but I've always thought don't make a decision when my emotions are too high or too low um so yeah, I just made sure that I was kind of level-headed when I decided that maybe I wanted to to quit or carry on. And whenever I was level-headed, I never really wanted to quit. So anytime. And what I, kept you going? Um, I guess there was like a little carrot dangling there for me that there could be an opportunity in the future because I knew I was close. I just wasn't quite there yet. Um, so yeah, there was a light at the end of the tunnel, which I think is is all someone needs if they're quite determined. Yes. And I also, I think by the sounds of it, you also loved your sport. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's the thing I, I love about football is that, you know, you, I could be having a bad day or my mind could be racing about a thousand things, but then when I get on the field and I start to goalkeep, I manage to forget about all the other things and it's like a break from reality. So I think that's great and it's not just football I, I think that um, sport provides that for many people or, or the gym or whatever it is 
Yeah, absolutely. But and some some athletes along the way, they lose that love of the sport because it is so hard and it is high performance and it's grueling and it's tough and you face so many setbacks. So I think what I see from you is you, you've never lost that core love of your sport and that is what keeps you going, which essentially is so important. Yeah, definitely. I, I'd agree with that. I think I've always loved football and the fact that I didn't become my job until I was 27, maybe it allowed me to to hold on to that love. But, you know, in comparison, maybe someone who turned pro at 19, by the age 27, they might have started to, to get a bit sick of football. So now when I go to, to a training every day, I'm just excited that I don't have to have another job and then I can just focus fully on football. And I'm pretty grateful for that. Totally. And you you said, and I read where you said you've never been the best, so you had to do more than everybody else. Tell me a little bit more about that. <laughs> yeah, that's my opinion. I don't know if you, you'd hear that quote from a coach, but um, I, yeah, in, in my opinion, I've never been the most talented athlete um, or the, or be the the most athletic uh football player so um instead I've decided I decided okay well how can I try and reach the top if I'm not quite at the top with all these other things so the thing that I can do is to work hard and um sometimes it catches me out I I at times don't know when to quit or I need to know when to quit when I'm ahead because <laughs> you know you always want to do one more rep or um stay out there for five more minutes but you know, as an athlete, you have to take care of your body as well. So yeah, that's, um, I believe that is what got me into the position I am in today is my, uh, yeah, ability yeah. to keep going. And having that experience and that maturity, that must really be great in, in certain aspects to having, knowing that, you know, you have that extra bit of maturity that other players don't have. Do some of the players around you and your teams look up to you in that way? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I don't want to to put words into people's mouths, but I th think as an older player now and a more experienced player, I'm slightly uh, calmer than I was or more level-headed than I was when I was younger. And I hope that other players can see that, um, especially the younger ones. And, you know, if I, I don't think you can speed up time. I think... Um, to tell someone just to to not overthink things and to just enjoy the moment it's easy to say but it's really hard to do but if people can see someone else actually doing it right in front of their eyes then I hope that they might be able to absorb some of that and and achieve that slightly earlier than maybe I did right and now we're looking at the FIFA World Cup what do you hope will it be achieved out of that so from a team perspective our aim is to get out of the group um it's you know we have a, a tough group but it's always tough at this level um I think we have the quality if we go and organize and we go and believing in ourselves to achieve um that dream of getting out of the group um and you know from a, a personal level if I play I, I hope to keep the ball out of the back of the net that's the main thing <laughs> Um, it sounds simple, but it's true as a goalkeeper and um, really just do everything I can to to help the team to win. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess, yeah, as a goalkeeper, it seems like such a specific role. Is it, I mean, is it, is it extra tough being that, got, knowing that you are the goalkeeper, that everything finishes with you? 
Yeah, it's, I don't think I've ever led in a go and gone, oh, that wasn't my fault. Um, that was nothing to do with me. You know, <laughs> you always, uh, I or I personally always think, okay, what could I have done better with that or what could I have changed to, to change the outcome? But at the end of the day, there are some really good goals as well. And sometimes you have to give credit to, to play <laughs> goals. And without goals, football would be really, really boring. Um, so yeah, it's, it's about learning, but not getting hung up on it because then that's when the mind can start to, to go and go. And I guess one of the unique things about being a goalkeeper is that you, you might have an interaction, um, in the fifth minute. And then depending on the game, you might not have another one for 20 minutes and it can be an awfully long time to stand there on your own, uh, not having another, um, chance to to maybe redeem a mistake if that was what happened so for a goalkeeper it's the games are are mentally very taxing um as opposed to the trainings are more physically taxing so if if a game doesn't go your way how do you put it to one side because you know let's face it as you say you have setbacks along the way how do you put that game aside and move on yeah especially in a tournament type event like this one there's four or five days in between each game so it is really important to be able to learn and we learn from discussions analysis um video but being able to to park that and move on to the next one is really important so you know I usually go through um all my clips is what we call them so every every touch I have on the ball every interaction that involves the goalkeeper we go through them so that's a chance to see what I did well and then also see where I can make some improvements um and for for me it's about keeping I'm quite analytical so it's about keeping things simple yes uh, so I know to think it yeah exactly exactly it's it's easy to to do especially at this level because you're looking for tiny one percenters um but you know if if that's the if a game doesn't go my way it's about learning moving on to the next yeah absolutely and you captained the ferns in their homecoming match against south korea in christchurch which is of course your hometown last year that was that one of the big highlights for you as well yeah that was a pretty special moment i've never played in new zealand let alone in christchurch and I don't know if we'll be back to Christchurch in a hurry because uh, obviously with the, the earthquake damage buildings down there, we don't actually have a a, a big stadium. But um, so I knew it was potentially a once in a lifetime opportunity. And I was you know, very honored and privileged to be able to, to lead the team out um, with the little mascots. You know, I, I know some of them. So that was great to see um, my, my teammate live her nieces were there and um, some other teammates, nephews as well. So yeah, it was a pretty special moment. And knowing that I had some friends in the crowd, um, usually we play these games like 3am in the morning over in Turkey. So just playing in front of, I think there was 3,500 maybe people. Um, but it seemed to me that one felt a bit different. It felt like I almost knew the 3,500 people in the crowd. Yeah, well, you probably did know a few of them from having lived there all your life and worked there for so long. That's great. Well, you mentioned little mascots, and obviously this is such a huge event, the Women's World Cup, the FIFA Women's World Cup, the biggest women's sporting event in the world. What do you hope to inspire of the next generation of silver fern, of football ferns? Yeah, that's a really important piece 
Um, and I, I do hope that we can make the most of the opportunity that we have here, bringing international football to New Zealand. And I hope that boys and girls, we don't just want to target girls, we want to, to target the, the boys as well. We just hope that, A, they can see some great football being played, get amongst football as a sport um, and say, okay, well, maybe I want to do that one day, or maybe I don't want to be elite. Maybe I just want to play football with my friends and see people enjoying themselves and working hard. And I think as well, on top of that, it's just about getting people uh, to enjoy sport. You know, we've had been lucky enough to have some top events in New Zealand, and especially last year with what the Black Ferns did and, and the um, White Ferns as well with the cricket. We're bringing great events to New Zealand, and it's not about uh, rugby versus football versus cricket versus hockey. It's about just getting New Zealand as a whole hyped up and interested in sport and I think the more we can do that um, the better sport will be in New Zealand and then the bigger sport is in New Zealand the better development pathways we have as well for the younger ones coming through. Absolutely and so you are professional you play for the Scotland Rangers what is it like playing in Scotland I mean they're completely mad about football aren't they? Yeah this is an interesting one actually um so so Liv Chance, who's one of my teammates, I room with her on tour. So she's one of my good friends and she plays for Celtic. And <laughs> Celtic is Rangers rivals in Scotland. Before I moved to Scotland, she said, oh, Vic, like Rangers Celtic, it's actually, it's insane. She said, I can't wear my kit on the, I can't go to the supermarket in my Celtic jacket because otherwise I'll get yelled at. Oh. And I thought, oh, that's a bit excessive, Liv, like, yeah, okay. I thought she was just spinning a yarn. And uh <laughs> I ended up signing at Rangers and I got to Rangers and I realized exactly what she meant. So yeah, the rivalry is insane amongst the men's. Um, it's definitely big amongst the women as well, but yeah, it's, it's exciting. I think we played Celtic in our last game. We had about 10,000 fans. So, you know, the, the, the Scotland people love, they're mad about football. they, aren't afraid to throw a flare across the field um or you know yell at the opposition so it's very passionate very passionate and very so, passionate and so that's another thing isn't it the crowds the noise uh, what's it like I mean what do you imagine it will be like if the football ferns game will it will it that big noise that you know is happens overseas in Scotland will that be here in New Zealand as well yeah I definitely think so um, you know, Eden Park holds 50-ish thousand and I know that that's starting to fill up quite quickly. So obviously in football, we we talk a lot and it's the instructions that we give to each other on the field are quite an important part of play. And because, you know, we previously haven't played in front of massive crowds uh, where we do rely on our communication a lot to help each other out on the field. So with such a big event coming to New Zealand and hopefully New Zealand wrapping their arms around the the World Cup and getting amongst it, it means that we are going to have other challenges to deal with, like our communication on the field, because we might not be able to hear each other. So that's something that we're probably, it would be a steep learning curve, I think, but we all are aware of, you know, those sorts of things that might pop up. So yeah, we're just going to have to roll with the punches, be adaptable and, and learn as we go. 
absolutely. And I guess lastly, just to wrap it all up, something I always ask all the athletes I talk to, a young you, say a 10-year-old you, what advice would you give to yourself if you could go back? Don't sweat the small stuff. Think big picture. So true. So true. And why is that? Because you do sweat the small stuff you have in the past. <laughs> I think you can do your own head in um, overthinking things. And we're always harder on ourselves than we are on other people. And, you know, it, I'm sure it's the same for outfielders, but as a goalkeeper, you might think, walk away from training and, oh, I let in one goal or I did one bad kick. But no one's quite as critical on you as you are on yourself. So it's almost, you just can't worry about the all the tiny little details. Otherwise, you can do your head in. I think you just got to think big picture, long term, and then you'll be kind to yourself. Yeah, be kind to yourself. Talk nicely to yourself. That's another one too, isn't it? So would, that's what you would say to, to 10-year-old Vic Essen. You'd say, hey, don't sweat the small stuff. You're going to get there. You're going to make it. Yeah, that's a good summary. That's why I like the professionals to summarize. There we go. Exactly. Hey, thanks so much for joining me today. I absolutely loved having you on the podcast. All the best for the cup. We will be watching. It's going to be super exciting. Have a great time. Thanks so much, Wendy. Appreciate it. Thank you.